Dr. Homebrew is brought to you by Five Star Chemicals, providing safety and cleaning supplies for brewing, distilling, and winemaking at fivestarchemicals.com. Dr. Love. Stand aside, nurse. I'm Dr. Homebrew. It's Dr. Homebrew. Thanks for sticking with us or, or hanging out or doing whatever you're doing. Uh, we appreciate you doing you. Uh, we're doing us over here. And, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, you know. You're not doing me. So and you're doing you. No, you're doing you. I'm doing me. Mm-hmm. We're, we're separate yet together. And that's what I like about. Um, about Dr. Homebrew and people like Five Star, our fine title sponsor, the main sponsor of this show, Five Star Chemicals. You can go to fivestarchemicals.com. <coughs> While I hit the cough button so you can't hear me cough, uh, you can learn all about what it means to clean and sanitize your brewing equipment. I'll tell you, everybody who comes on the show gets a nice little price pack from Five Star, and they really know what they're doing uh, as far as making chemicals to help you produce better beer. And it it. It really, really works. I remember, you know, my first few batches, I didn't really get the cleaning sanitizing thing. And I gusher city, dude, like from bottling. Yeah. It, was, it was insane. It was insane. It's it's crazy what happens if you just follow directions. <laughs> no, and the, the brewers I know that, that know their ass from a hole in the ground have a, always on hand spray bottle of Star Sand. That's how you yeah. walk into a brewery. You don't know if, if you haven't tasted their beer, you don't know if they're a good brewer or not. You see the spray bottle of Star Sand. And you <laughs> yeah, know I got good. one of those. You know yeah. They, yeah. You have to have them, man. Yep. I mean, uh, I'm fermenting an oatmeal stout right now, and uh, it's a, in a two and a half or three gallon carboy, and maybe I filled up a little bit too high. Anyway, probably doesn't have it. Right. The, the Krausen's coming up uh, through the through the, the thing, and I'm like, shit, where's my spray bottle? I couldn't find it. Yeah. So I like hose it off like with water and then put it back in, and we'll see. Uh, I don't know. We'll see what happens. I'm sure it'll be fine, but uh, but I like that. Um, I don't know the safety of the, just the security yeah. feeling of like this is now a clean air. This has been nuked, and it's a, now a clean area. Spray your cake puppets. I, spray the fittings. Spray everything. I usually yeah. just bathe in this stuff. Honestly, yes. I just dip myself in stars. <laughs> and he's bigger than the spray bottle. He's yeah. got a whole bath. Dude, out. like one of the reps will he'll go around. He'll make he'll make up like a like a pint solution and just fucking drink it. He'll go look, yeah. it's safe, and he'll drink it. I'm like, I, even if it's safe. It, because it is, I, I couldn't. I don't think my stomach could handle that because my mind would go, "That wasn't food. That was liquid with chemicals <laughs> in it." And what did you just do? And 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 I, uh, I my anxiety it, would take over. I wonder what it tastes like. It does have a faint kind of pleasant smell to it. It's got like yeah, oh yeah. a little fruity, interesting smell to it. I, it's so weird, dude. It sounds like the next Doctor Homebrew as we actually judge stars. <laughs> Somebody's right. Bottle, pour it. I think it'd be great. Yeah, Straight white point foam. sour beer. Oh. I think it'd be amazing. Uh, okay, we have two uh, beers for you today. We have a beer from Ryan, who's in the studio. We always like in-studio guests. Hi, Ryan. Hello. Thanks for joining us. And then we all have Eric here around, uh, you know, about half an hour or so. Um, what beer did uh, Ryan bring, and what beer Ryan's did Eric the, bring? It's a specialty IPA. I'm glad you asked. <laughs> Let's let Ryan tell us what it is. Ryan, what the fuck did you bring? That's a really good question. <laughs> Thank you. Um, yeah, because I, I don't know. I just was thinking how many adjectives can I attach to a beer to basically mess with you guys. Yeah. So I'm calling this my uh, Session Northeast Vermont style Cascadian Dark Ale. You're a piece of shit. I know, I know. Um, or you could just call it a Session Black IPA, but I guess that's not a whole lot better if you think about it. <laughs> no, but um, I don't know. I, I guess I'm just like trying to like Say bridge. it again. Say it again. Oh, God. Don't make me do it. Um, I'm doing it. Session... Northeast Vermont style Cascadian dark Pass me ale. Can would you please? Okay, um, I, but wasn't I the word I juicy in the title also? The, the word juicy is is in there. Yes, juicy is an operative word. Um, I don't know, man. I, I guess I'm you know being a West Coast kid and going to school. Juicy on the East Coast. McBooty. Juicy Northeast McBooty. Vermont style session Cascadian dark ale, four and a half percent, eighty IBUs, infinite haze. Well, well, yeah, the, the rationale there is can you really tell that a black beer is hazy? Like, no. I almost kind of feel like you can get over a little bit of your trepidation there by. Uh, oh, I, I, I use my uh, cam, you know, my, my phone's uh, flashlight and, and saw the oh. haze. So, you know, any, okay. any, any, any real beer drinker would, would not do that, I would hope. 
But any, any, any judge that had to judge well, a, a beer with such a stupid descriptor would actually do that. <laughs> well, and I'm, the label has a, a picture of Tasty in his, in his I don't know. I love his like his cartoon. His I love his cartoon because it's like very clearly from sixty years ago. <laughs> uh, but yeah, and he has this big old ass, and he's farting out a bunch of fruit. Yeah, right. So, yeah, that's all the juicy tones there, boys. Yeah. So what about instead of calling it a Cascadian a dark ale, call it like a, a North Appalachian dark ale or something like that? Would that work better? Uh, Cascadian, I just yeah. associate with the Northwest. You know, just get more snooty about it. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. We also are drinking some uh, commercial beer from that uh, bent paddle that uh, yeah, the black guy sent last time. From Dooley. it's good beer, dude. It's like a yeah, it's it tastes like a chocolatey, good, good but robust porter. Yeah, territory there. Yeah, it's tasty. I like it. Uh, you know what else I like is a Nico Brew. From right now until whenever, you can go to I think it's pro.nicobrew.com. Let me see. Yeah, pro.nicobrew.com. Uh, that's Nico Brew's. Wholesale website, but you don't need to be a uh, professional brewer or a homebrew shop in order to purchase anymore. So you can get 44 pound boxes of hops. So if you have a homebrew club or if you're brewing a shit ton, uh, check it out. Pro.nicobrew.com. Buy a box of hops, dude. Like, seriously, get your homebrew club in on that right now. A box of hops that weighs more than my kid. You're right? Awesome. I think it'd be great. I mean, you know, you just you can just either you can parse, parcel it down. Yeah. Uh, you know, someone out there somewhere has a vacuum sealer, or just brew a bunch of IPAs, man. Over the you know, you roll the thing down, tape it down, put it in the freezer, it'll be fine. Uh, Pro.nicobrew.com, but I think it's pretty cool. You don't lo- you no longer need to be a commercial brewery to order on the pro side. You can order bulk hops, which I think a lot of people are after. I tell you, these Sierra Nevada pins, I've, I've thrown two away in the last hour because you use them a couple times and then they just explode. I thought I'd share that with you guys. They're made out of paper. They are, they are made out of paper. Uh, okay, I'll tell you what. We're going to take a break. We're going to come back. We're going to drink some juicy... McBooty. Uh, juicy McBooty. All right. It's, uh, what is it? It's Dr. Homebrew. Hang on. Uh, sit tight. We'll be right back. Fellow BNers, this is Sully from the 21st Amendment Brewery located in San Francisco, just two blocks from Giants Park. Before Nico and I opened the 21A and before I was a professional brewer, I homebrewed on my small four-burner apartment stove in a backhouse in Santa Monica, California, making my extract brews before graduating to the daunting idea of all-grain brewing. Homebrew books and information was hard to come by back then. The Internet hadn't been invented yet, along with other things we take for granted today, like electricity and potable water. One thing I wish I had back then when I was learning was a radio show that could teach me the ins and outs of brewing and answer questions that I had about homebrewing, a resource for making great craft beer. The 21st Amendment Brewery is excited to be a proud sponsor of Dr. Homebrew, a great show that teaches you what you need to know about making incredible beer. Good stuff. Listen up. You might learn something. I certainly did. And thanks for your support. Tasty Crack Games. Since the first time the Brewing Network microphones turned on, more beer was behind it. More Beer sponsors the programming on the BN because, like you, they love brewing. And like the Brewing Network, they love sharing their knowledge. MoreBeer.com isn't just a website to place your next equipment or ingredient order. MoreBeer.com also gives you access to free beer information that will make you a better brewer. Go to MoreBeer.com and click into the Learning Center. You'll find podcasts, technical facts, video tutorials, and more, including access to The Buzz, More Beer's social network of more than 5,000 members. And some of them might even be crazier about beer than you are. Get over to MoreBeer.com today and take advantage of The Buzz, The Forum, The Learning Center, and make sure you're signed up to receive the newest More Beer catalog. More Beer, bringing you absolutely everything for beer making. Now, back to the examination. It's Dr. Homebrew. Thanks for hanging out, everybody. You know those, those like, burps that get stuck? 
and you're like, oh, I think I'm going to... And then it just kind of gets stuck around the middle of your chest, and then it just doesn't happen, and you're like, oh, it's so uncomfortable. It's like uh, like, uh, shaking hands with like a... Like a loose, sweaty-handed man, like a clammy hand. You're like, oh, it's uncomfortable. <laughs> I think only old men feel that way. I'm not sure I've actually felt that way myself. You've never felt that? Never. Oh, I don't believe you. I mean, I've had farts like, like that. gray but... beard. Right <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, we are here with Ryan and the yes, Juicy sir. McBooty. How's it going, man? Pretty good, dude. How are you? I'm hanging out. I'm hanging out and hanging All in right. there. Um before we get to your beer, how long have you been homebrewing? What's uh, what's going on in your homebrewing world to make this fucking crazy concoction <laughs> of crap? Um, yes, I've been brewing for uh, go, uh, a little bit over four years at this point, and um, I don't know, living out on the East Coast, you certainly see a lot of uh, beers like this popping up, especially in recent years, so I just thought we'd take a little crack at it, you know. What do you mean like this? Well, 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 maybe not like this exactly, but yeah. certainly like the whole like hazy, juicy oh, type deal is yeah. super, super it's prevalent. Really? Because um, it's, it's catching on like wildfire out here. No, it, it totally is. Um, I mean, I am kind of a fan, to be honest. Like, I okay. went to uh, Hill you, Farmstead. You can get out now, but that's fine. I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm just enough, messing with it. Quit beating up our West Coast IPAs, <laughs> man. Yeah, uh, yeah how, how were they out there? Pretty good. Yeah. Um, yeah, I went to Hill Farmstead for my 30th, and um, yeah, it just sort of blew me away with the stuff you can get out, out there. Okay. Um, How does it compare to the, the hazy crap out here? I don't think I've had the hazy crap out here There's yet. There's some on so. tap. Oh, but yeah? you're probably trying to escape it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, when yeah. in Rome, you know. <laughs> right, right. Well, soon, <laughs> man. Uh, okay, because I, I've had a couple, and, and I just yeah. I don't get it. Uh, you know, aside from from how it looks, yeah. I don't understand it. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't sit well with me. Um, but I haven't. I, I've had one from the East Coast, the heady, okay. the heady topper. Yeah. Uh, anything else? I'm, I haven't had except okay. just West Coast stuff. So I'm just curious to see how it compared. I mean, you kind of don't really like the IPAs so much, or the high alcohol IPAs at least. Yeah, right? but yeah. but I'll uh, you know, but I'll still try them. Sure. You know, sure, I'm sure. still curious. Yeah. As to what's going on, I know there's a field work one on here. Okay. Uh, it's not bad. Yeah. It's not bad. It's it, the flavors. I don't. Yeah. I don't understand, but you know, it's not bad. I feel like it's anything else. You know, some are just better than others. You just yeah. gotta know which ones to try. Well, um, that's true. Yeah, I mean, I certainly am not. Don't consider myself an expert in the matter, but um, you know, I've had some that I like. Um, like like Lawson's does a really good one. Some okay. Sunshine. Um, okay. I like that a lot more than Hetty Topper myself. Um, so is this the first Northeast Vermont style session Cascading Dark Ale you ever made? Um, to be honest, no. <laughs> I first brewed a beer like this earlier in the fall, and okay. um, it basically got trashed in competition because I mean I'm sure you guys know like I, what do you put it in right? Or are you putting it in uh, has yeah. uh, specialty right? Yeah, specialty. I, I mean, but you know, IPA is kind of a category of extremes, so yeah. anything like session is not going to be received very well. No. Um, and I'm pretty sure the guys that wrote my score sheet were drunk because like in the Aroma col- column, they're like, no hop aroma. Then they're like, mid, you know, medium hop aroma, like in the same like paragraph. So I'm just like, dude, this guy's trash. A dude, he has no idea. That's one of the reasons I started the show is for, is, is that because you get a lot of right. that on right, right, on right. fucking sheets. We're like, be clear. <laughs> right. So if we're ever unclear, or the, look, yeah, the guys yeah. are ever unclear. I'm yeah. always clear as a, a lake. Um, yeah. Then you can ask them. No, totally, totally. So yeah, be, that's kind be, of why I want to come on too. Prepared. You know, because I thought you know you guys might not have like five triple IPAs before you have mine. <laughs> No, you know, that's barley what, wine. That's what we barley had. Wine. Yeah. Okay. wine and double okay. box. And, yeah. Yeah. We, we took all that shit. Yeah. Sure, sure. And been taking bong rips. So, You're fucked. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> well, I guess I already knew that. But Tastes like good. charcoal. <laughs> uh, all right, Brian. Well, why don't you uh, why don't you, you, you dive into this exploratory? Um, soon to be um, the hot new style in 20 years. Yeah, so doubt it. Um, first, thing, first thing I have to say about this beer is... No hop aroma. <laughs> of course. Medium hop aroma, actually. <laughs> okay. um, oh, wait. Upgrade no. to medium. I just wanted to be dumb. <laughs> um, no, it, it does have some real pleasant hop notes right up front. Uh, tropical, some citrus zest, a bit of resiny and pine. It's really fresh smelling and pungent, um, which, you know, for a, uh, a dark IPA is, is, is a, a pleasant and welcome thing. Like I was telling Keith, if you close your eyes and smell this beer you wouldn't know necessarily that it was a a, a black ipa um has a um low malty aroma that's just kind of out of the way um no um no, nothing roasty like that's the hardest thing for you know when you're doing a dark ipa is getting just a hint of roast will just kill it for you 
only a faint, faint chocolate, a little hint of some toast maybe, but not, yeah, not anything bordering on roasty even. Um, medium, medium high fruity esters. And while it's, it's also somewhat hard to discern from the fruity hops, but uh, it you know it seems like there's some some nice fruity esters in there playing along with them. Uh, no DMS or diacetyl. It's cleanly brewed. Um, Appearance-wise, dark brown has a well, you know, bordering on black. It's but yeah, it's not not quite black black, and that's fine. When you get, but if you look at it, it's just like there's a nice dark dark beer. Yeah, um, has a light haze. I didn't get like a huge amount of haze in the sample we judged earlier. Um, but it's definitely there. Yeah, there's, yeah. A, there's a bit of haze. Yeah. Uh, it has a low beige head that fades to a collar uh, in our glassware here anyway um, pretty quickly. But, um, yeah, flavor-wise, I like the flavor a lot. Medium maltiness. And, and here the malt kind of came out a little more in the flavor. So like, I'm getting all hops in the aroma. And then you start tasting this milk chocolate and, and mm. like bread crusts kind of thing, which is pretty cool with it. Again, no roast, but uh, and the hops do shine above that. It's just uh, it's like oh, there's some maltiness to this, and that's that's kind of nice. But it's dry, so it doesn't like come across as too like you know sweetly malty at all. It's just a nice drinkable IPA with a, a nice um, dry finish. The um, the hops are again tropical and citrusy. And a lot of dank in there, too. Um, clean ale fermentation, obvious. Uh, just nice that it finishes appropriately dry. And uh, it's definitely balanced to the hops, which which linger with that a little bit of that chocolate in the aftertaste. Uh, Mouthfeel-wise, I like it medium dry to dry with a, a medium carbonation, pushing up some of those flavors, the light. Uh, the body's pretty light, which is nice, but it's not watery at all. So, like, sometimes you get too light, and then it's just like, Wah. you know, especially with a session beer. <laughs> now I'm drinking what water. Was, what was that know? again? That was the rah. Uh, yeah. I think it's more height with more wah. It's more wah. It just, like, f- slips off your tongue, and there's nothing substantial there. So, anyway. Well, you have to call our sound effects guy, because, you know, yeah. I just have to do this all on my own. <laughs> there's no hazard pay here. Um... <clears throat> Clean and crisp. It's enjoyable to drink and refreshing. Yeah, there's no astringency in the way here. It's just you know dry, dries off the tongue, but still you know. And despite how light body it is, it's substantial enough that it it um, you know the bitterness lingers on your tongue and um, it's, you know not not harsh or, or rough in any way to me. So um, yeah, to, it hit all the marks for this the black IPA, and in in being in session strength, you know the. It's actually kind of subtle. It, it tastes to me like, like well, that that'd be a nice Cascadian dark ale, and it's it's it has so much to keep the interest. Uh, you know, the alcohol isn't really missed all that much. I mean, you can tell, yeah, okay, it's not an alcohol bomb. It's not an eight percent. It's not not even six percent. It's it's just there's you're not getting the big alcohol aroma that you would get. But um, yeah, the the hops shine shine out enough that it's 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 nice and, and it's juicy as advertised. Just um, yeah. Cool. Don't, uh, <laughs> don't show Tasty the label, I guess. Oh, I already texted yeah. it to okay, him. Okay, cool. Yeah. Uh, and I'll put it on the uh, the website, too, for the, for the yeah. post for this page. It might be a faction. Um, I give it a 38. I like the beer a lot. Cool. It's good support. Thanks, dude. All right, man. You're yeah. up, Keith. It's a uh, good cop, bad cop time. So, uh, <laughs> uh, and I, I'll be the good cop. I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> I gave it a 13, and here's why. 50. Uh, 55, actually. Um, <laughs> the first 55 point beer. Yeah, it goes beyond. But anyway, uh, obviously, big hop aroma. I got herbal. I got some like Granny Smith apple. Not not obviously not acid aldehyde, but also tropical. I did find a, a hint of roast or chocolate hiding behind all the hops. Um, sometimes when I smell a lot of hops, I, I get some phenols, but uh, that the more I smelled it, the less I, I thought that was actually happening. And in flavor, proved that otherwise, that it is a very clean beer. Um, appearance, dark brown, not truly black. Um, I was going to give it a two, um, but it was not hazy enough, damn it. Like, oh. it's supposed to be a Vermont style in New England. <laughs> and I, I used my flashlight, and it's just not, not hazy it's enough. It's not hazy. So yeah, so you, you failed fail. there. Two, two points you failed yeah, so there. I should lose two points there, at least. Yeah. You did, so. Okay, yeah. Okay. yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> moving on from there. Uh, big hop flavor, uh, tropical again. Uh, maybe, maybe a little little bit of green pepper flavor too herbal again great great hop flavor in general i think one of the i'll keep going over this and probably later as well but like the lack of any onion garlic um, sometimes that is that is 
derived from the hops that you get, but there was none of that at all. So it was really, really pleasant that way. Mm. Um, uh, just a little bit of roast, uh, if any. A um, little bit of vegetable vegetable character is from the hops. There's a lot, a lot of hops in there. Um, for me, and this will go back to the overall impression again, I'm just going to jump in sort of inter- intertwine my comments here, but it reminded me of tasting a beer that was freshly dry hopped and not fully ready to be consumed yet. I got a little bit of spiciness when I was drinking it that burned the back of my throat a little bit. Um, and that kind of goes along with mouthfeel as well. Um, but otherwise, like really clean in terms of fermentation. I thought there was not any any issues there at all. Medium body, medium carbonation. Um, it said, you know, I, we didn't even think about this when we were judging it, but it says 80 IBUs. Uh, I would really doubt that it really tastes like 80 IBUs. It, it's very, yeah. it's very. Uh, I mean, that's calculated. Yeah, it's kind of, <laughs> yeah. it's kind of subtle when it's IBU. I'm, I'd be interested in talking about the water somewhat here too, because yeah. I'm not getting a lot of bitterness, which is actually nice. Because with, with a session IPA, you don't want a, a ton of harshness or even a black IPA as well. Uh, I could easily see that turning into something that would be kind of rough, rough to drink. Uh, none of that at all. So that was really pleasant. Um, overall, really an aggressively hop beer. Love that about it. Um, I wish it had a little more sweetness, and I know that's probably asking you to push it probably a little bit outside the session style. I think for me, just having the, the dark malt and having a session IPA with all these hops, uh, I think just having a little more sweetness would make it a little bit more pleasant. And uh, but overall, I think a really good, really good job with the beer. And for me, like you know, like I kind of mentioned, kind of like the burning sensation from kind of like yeah. almost like a freshly hot beer was the only really de- big detractor there. And and probably just a little more balance. There's certain things that you do, like for especially beers, like you mix two ingredients, and you're like, yeah, that's. Um, this sounds great to me. Then you mix them, and you're like, yeah, that's it's okay. So like a session black IPA to me seems like something that isn't the best mix of things that could possibly happen. I'd rather have a full a full blown black IPA, um, and and make maybe even uh, you know uh, Tasty McDowell's ass even bigger on the label. label. <laughs> but uh, yeah. In the world yeah. of IPAs these days, you have to figure something out to stand out, right? Finger wow. something out. What did you say? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't know. My, I would argue with the um, making it more sweet comment because I I think that the dryness is key to the style and you want it to dry off on your tongue like it does. But, yeah, maybe something else in the balance could be played with. Well, I, I think mean, the key to the style, I mean, you're right for a session. I think it's, it's done well for a session, but I think that there are certain things that don't work well as a session. You're talking and about alcohol sweetness maybe? Alcohol sweetness as well. But, yeah, if it's a full-blown IPA, like, yeah, you're going to have other things that are going to balance the – the, the dryness and and the hops and I think that's where I'm going not so much like hey make this beer sweeter yeah. but not, yeah. not a bunch of crystal or something like I mean, that um, yeah I, I was gonna say one thing I could add to this beer to make it even more annoying is add uh, lactose because mm. <laughs> uh, like Tired Hands in Philadelphia has a line of uh, milkshake IPAs that I, I I've never actually had so I guess I can't really talk too much wow. snack about it yeah. but they throw all kinds of junk in there to get it uh you know super sweet and super hazy like uh, lactose um like apple puree to give some pectin haze um, they throw flour in there yeah i've never had it my, my boss recently went over and had some he said it was terrible and he couldn't finish it but uh, it has to be but <laughs> i mean people are buying it so what do right, i right. Right. Yeah, no, the, three floyd's yeah. been like i think maybe like five ten years ago three floyd's is putting lactose in some of their ips as well and it's like what why like i don't understand it this seems like the opposite of what you want, yeah. would want to do but right. what do we know we're yeah yeah, yeah we're, we're just we're just we're yeah. just I mean, yeah, IPAs are, are drifting. It's it's interesting, and I'd, yeah. I'll be curious to see where the guidelines go with them next. Because you yeah. know, like the the IBUs are dropping. Like the classic IBU, the classic IPA had so much bitterness in it, and then these new IPAs started coming out, and it was just all citrusy hops in the old days, and you know some some twists here and there. But then the the more modern kind of tropical hops, and the dank, and the resiny, and the garlic, and all that stuff. You know, uh, and you know. Pliny <laughs> was right. like the penultimate <laughs> triumph of that. It seems like and it's just like boom, you know. Here, yeah. here's a, here's a hey. double IPA, and then they start making triple IPAs, and just went off the rail. They're just bigger, bigger, bitter, more heart, harsh, and more alcohol. And then these guys started putting out like lower alcohol, like session IPAs with a lot of hop aroma in it, and mm-hmm. pulling the bitterness back a little bit. Um, you know, and the, I live in Livermore. The guys at Altamont do this. They they pull. 
it's a little more restrained. I mean, they do have higher alcohol beers, of course, too. But some of the earlier stuff they did was like mellower, like session strength beer with a lot of hops in it. And it's like, yeah, I think that it's starting to drift that way. And then, of course, there's the I love it. the weird Vermont people doing their thing. But yeah, yeah who knows? Keep uh, it. There's some really there's some great examples of it. But yeah, yeah. you can take it too too much of an extreme. Did you give a? Did you drop a score? Oh no, sorry, uh, thirty four. And for some reason, when you're talking about the guidelines, what they're doing next, and it'll it'll be a while. I I can. can <laughs> Envision Gordon in a flop house somewhere wearing like a wife beater <laughs> with a gun to his head when talk, looking at the IPAs, just ready to blow his brain down. Oh my god, that's gonna be crazy! Yeah, he'll put out an IPA guideline and then a regular guideline. It'll have, it'll have mead spilled yeah. all over his wife beater, too. It'll be like drugging mead while it, when it happens. So, yeah. Uh, Ryan, you want to give the uh, the recipe for this? Yeah, sure. This um, thing? I, I can run through that. Um, okay, I yeah. think people will be interested. Yeah, well, yeah. at least in one half of the country. Um, <laughs> all right, so for uh, six gallons, um, what I got here is a six and a, a quarter pounds of a golden promise, uh, three pounds of malted oats, uh, one pound of uh, midnight wheat, and one pound of golden naked oats. Um, that all gets mashed at 155 for an hour. Um, and then it's um, pretty simple hot build, half of half an ounce, rather, of a CDZ first wort. Mm-hmm. And then from there, basically just flame out uh, hops. Just three ounces of mosaic, two ounces of citra, one ounce of Eldorado. Um, and then whirlpool that for half an hour. Uh, ferment with London Ale 3 um, from Y Yeast. Um, and then the dry hopping is uh, two ounces of citra and mosaic and one ounce of uh, Eldorado. And I added those hops um, just as fermentation was dying down, basically, okay. to... Get a little yeah. bit uh, bio transformation action that people are talking about. Okay, mm-hmm. um, what did you mash out again? One hundred and fifty-five. Okay, mm, yeah. wow. Yeah. So yeah, I, I mean, I, and the all the the reason for all the oats in there, just drying out. Yeah, yeah, just um, trying to get a little bit of body in there. Um, yeah, I mean, I, like, I know. Yeah. yeah, like like Ed Coffee has this uh, blog, Ales of the River Warts, and he he's a big fan of using malted oats in his. IPAs. Um, and mm. I think Tired Hands does the same. Um, although I know Marshall recently showed that you don't necessarily have a perceptible difference with and without oats. So on uh, Brulosophy, <laughs> on Brulosophy, okay, yeah, yeah. 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 So, oh, yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, my thinking with this whole New England IPA thing is it's, it's kind of like a combination of things. It's the water, it's the yeast, mm-hmm. it's you know the hopping, um, and maybe some adjuncts. You know, just, just just to give it a little bit of body and you know softer bitterness as well yeah. compared yeah. to the West Coast. So, you know, no, I tend to like oats in beer too, but and yeah. sometimes like with the darker beers, you get a nice. Um, like an oily kind of quality to the beer, like a little more body with it alongside the roast that kind of plays nicely. But mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, it doesn't. This one doesn't seem excessively oily or anything like that. It's just like, but the malted oats is an interesting way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With some of the naked regular oats. Yeah. yeah Do you know, have any questions for these uh, homeboys? Um. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I thought it was kind of interesting that you said it wasn't really um, dank because. Um, when I drank it earlier this week, it, it seemed like there was almost no fruit character to it at all. So I'm like, oh, no, you know, it's not juicy enough. But now no. I'm drinking with you guys here. I mean, maybe, it, I, I don't know, I'm just sort of thinking I was drinking it too cold or something. Because, yeah, I, I don't know, like, if hop character can change, like, in the bottle. But uh, this isn't the same beer I was drinking back in Philly. It'll slowly change, yeah. It's, I well, mean, it also depends on, on what you've been drinking and what you've been eating and true, all that yeah. kind of stuff. Like, you yeah. just had a spicy sausage, yeah, right? sausage and, <laughs> yeah, heretic beer, so who knows? I mean, I'm smelling dank, <laughs> I and was I was dank. tasting juicy, yeah. like the juicy fucking fruit. Right, I'm going to yeah. say fruit, because juicy, I, I, juicy makes my stomach turn. Um, <clears throat> mm-hmm. Yeah. So I was getting, I was getting all yeah, of those, yeah. those qualities I think you were okay. trying to hit. Yeah. Yeah, where, yeah, did, you, but, where um, did you get your mosaic? Uh, if you don't mind asking, where did you get your mosaic? I ordered thing? that from More Beer, um, and, and yeah, actually, the first time I brewed this beer, I, I brewed it as a mosaic only uh, beer because I, I don't know, I just sort of thought like the blueberry flavors you can sometimes get from mosaic might go well in like a darker yeah. mm-hmm. beer setting. I don't know, I just sort of had like chocolate covered blueberries on the mind, or you know, like a dark fruit smoothie type deal. So I'm like, yeah. okay, let's turn that into a beer, and here we go. Then it got trashed, so I'm like, okay, <laughs> round two, I'll throw in some citra, because, you know, citra is one of those, like, cheater hops. You can't go wrong if you just oh, yeah. throw more citra. <laughs> right. Your problem. Need um, more citra. Yeah. And El Dorado, I don't know. I've never played with El Dorado before. And they were all they were all from more beer? They were all from okay. more beer, yes. Proud sponsor, more beer. That's right. <clears throat> right. And the aroma in the glass is great, man. 
I think it's pretty good. I liked it. I liked it. Yeah, I mean, I liked it. I I was hoping you would because you do like session beers, right? Fucking love session beers. Yeah, so yeah. And this didn't honestly didn't taste like a session beer because I because it had that that full mouthfeel in the in the middle there. Yeah, four and a half percent. Yeah, I I don't know. I think the only thing I might do next time is. Oh, yeah, I guess find a way to get some more body in there. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, through a good chunk of oats, but, um, yeah, I don't know. Try different yeasts and whatnot. Yeah, I think you should. Yeah. I think you should do it. Yep. Yeah, if, if I was forced to guess, like, okay, four and a half, five and a half, six and a half, I'd be like, yeah, it's probably five and a half-ish. You know, it's yeah. like, yeah. It, ha- it feels more substantial than it is. It really does. Yeah, cool. That was my goal, so thanks, dude. Yeah, well, oh, thanks uh, for coming in, man. Thanks for, no, for bringing thanks the beer. Thanks for having me. We're going to take a break, and we're going to come back, and we're going to drink some more beer. It's Dr. Homebrew. Uh, hang out. We'll be right back. Do you know the three most important rules in brewing? Sanitation, sanitation, and sanitation. And no one does it better than Five Star Chemicals. Five Star knows sanitation. You can only sanitize clean equipment. And Five Star knows how to clean, too. For craft brewers and home brewers, Five Star has what you need to keep your fermenters, serving tanks, kegs and draft lines sparkling and free of any beer-spoiling bacteria. PBW, caustic, acid cleaners, star sand, Santa Clean, lubricants and defoamers, pH stabilizers, and more. Five Star Chemicals has cleaning supplies, safety supplies, heat exchangers, pumps, hoses, and valves. And Five Star is proud to offer eco-friendly products that exceed customer expectations. If you have a cleaning problem, you need the Five Star Solution. Visit FiveStarChemicals.com or call 800-782-7019. 800-782-7019. And get the Five star treatment today admitted Homebrewing is not always free of frustrations. Years ago, brothers Bill and Jim Mitchell decided to minimize those frustrations and create an entirely new brewing process and a brand new kitchen appliance, the Pico Brew Zymatic. The Zymatic sits on your kitchen counter and connects to the internet via Wi-Fi. It comes with access to a huge recipe library full of award-winning beers and can brew your next batch at the push of a button, improve repeatability, and refine your recipes. With the Pico Brew Zymatic. With minimal cleaning and hassle, the Zymatic enables anyone to brew craft beer in the comfort of their own kitchen. Just add your ingredients and the process of homebrewing becomes simplified and automatic, allowing you to focus on what really matters while you brew. At Pico Brew, they believe everyone should be able to enjoy the art of homebrewing and make their own damn good craft beer. See the Zymatic in action today at PicoBrew.com. I'm sorry to tell you this, but we're going to have to pour you out. Back to Dr. Homebrew. All right. Thanks for hanging out, everybody. Before we get to our next client, contestant, caller, Eric. I want to tell you guys about the Brew Guru app from the AHA. It's built for homebrewers and beer lovers. It delivers sage brewing knowledge and money-saving deals at breweries, beer bars, and homebrew supply shops. The AHA is design- has designed this powerful mobile app to help homebrewers and craft beer lovers explore the wide world of beer. With a Beer Guru, you can uh, find deals and save money. So basically what it is, you, 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 uh, you download this app, and then wherever you are, it will tell you all the, bre- the breweries and bars and homebrew shops that take the AHA discount. So it makes it really easy for you uh, because I think that was one of the pieces of feedback. It's like, well, how am I supposed to know who has the thing? And yeah. sometimes they don't know it. This way you, you, you put in your, your, your uh, membership number into the app and then you show the bartender, waitress, you know, homebrew shop guy. Like, here it, here it is. It says you get the thing. This is what it is. So uh, it's pretty cool. Check it out. It's, uh, you know, all over. Wherever you get finer apps are downloaded. I'm going to see. I'm going to sneeze now. God damn it. But it also tells you where there's other good beer bars, too. Like you just get on the map, and whoa, that was a good one. Thank you. Uh, yeah, that's, that's true. And then um, you can yeah. find places you've never even knew about. So anyway, check it out. Learn more. Homebrewersassociation.org. Mm-hmm. All right, let me, call, uh, let me call Eric here. He brewed a Doppelbach, I believe it is, right? I gifted an AHA membership to my brother, by the way. A that nice was work. my Christmas and he got the the wood book. There you go. So, there you go. Through the uh, Morbi or Nathan? No, I did, the Bring Yeah, it was before that started, I think. But yeah, no, he, I, he already has, uh, you know, 
Brewing Classics or the Designing Great Beers. Designing Great Beers. Yeah. So is he a brewer or you're just trying to get the book for yourself? No, my brother Bruce. <laughs> brother Jimmy. All right, Eric, are you on the line, buddy? Yes, sir. All right, how you doing, man? I'm doing good. How are you guys? Perfect. Just sitting here drinking beer. We just uh, cracked your Doppelbach. Uh, how long have you been homebrewing? Have you uh, brewed a, a Doppelbach before? Uh, no, I haven't. So okay. I've been brewing maybe about two and a half years. Uh, that was my first first and only, actually, so far, lager. So. Oh, awesome. Okay, great. Um, what made you start with a do- – not start, but uh, – well, I guess start lagering with a Doppelbach. I think that would be kind of daunting. Uh, yeah, I, I – guess it kind of is i don't i'm not a huge fan of i guess the the lighter field of loggers so <laughs> Basically uh, any other logger <laughs> yeah, yeah well i mean i guess uh like celebrator is oh, a okay. huge favorite of mine so yeah. that was kind of the the basis although it wasn't you know i didn't look up a clone recipe or anything like that okay okay you just kind of did it from uh from palette memory i suppose yeah, yeah, you could say that. Okay, cool. Well, uh, we'll we'll drink your beer and uh, see if we can uh, help. Keith, you want to want to jump into this Doppelbach here, man? Steer us out. Of- Love to. Um, so an aroma, dark fruit, uh, big malt, touch of soy sauce, uh, no hops at all. Um, maybe just a, 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 a small amount of uh, paper, cardboard going on, uh, just a touch of alcohol as well. Um, everything else seems very clean, uh, not really any esters or, or like I mentioned, no, no hops before. Appearance-wise, uh, deep brown, um, some red highlights, very, very clear, but not much of a head at all. Like uh, pouring it, like there's... There's almost nothing there. Uh, almost looks a uh, little, little flat on the on the head there. Um, Flavor-wise, rich malt. Um, balance is definitely towards sweetness, which is appropriate for style, but not overly cloying. Um, no hop flavor. Perfect. Uh, very clean. Uh, some plum characteristics. Once again, getting some paper. Uh, bordering on cardboard in terms of flavor. And then uh, as, I, as I drink it, I get a, a hint of sourness. Um, so it gets a little bit tart at the end. Uh, overall, it seems a little, for flavor-wise, it seems a little less little less than um, big enough for uh, Doppelbach. Uh, it seems a little, little subdued. Mouthfeel, medium body, low warming. Um, carbonation's fairly, fairly medium, I would say. Uh, Probably even a little lower than that, actually, um, and uh, generally, generally okay in, in that 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 realm. Uh, overall, it's an enjoyable beer. Uh, I thought it was a little bit small or thin for the style, and I think the biggest thing for me was the uh, the, the tart sourness uh, going on. Not totally sour, but just a little bit, little bit of sourness there, and then some oxidation. Uh, wondering, I have some questions about how to improve the the sourness. My, initially, I'd be like, well, you know, what's your pH, mash pH? Um, if doing decoction, that can lower your pH as well and put you into a range where the beer, after a while aging, or even initially, can can drop and give a little bit of tartness there. Um, also, the other obviously big flaw is uh, head retention and, and just uh, um, yeah, on, on the pour it's pretty it looks pretty lifeless. So that would be the other thing. Maybe again, question the mash there. Are you doing any rest uh, protein rest decoctions, etc.? Uh, think about possibly using some uh, grains like cara foam or you know dextrin that would give you some. Some uh, protein that would actually keep a keep ahead. Uh, I think that's about it. Uh, I gave it a thirty-two. Sorry. Okay. Excellent. Brian, beat that. <clears throat> All right. <laughs> um, so yeah, um, aroma wise has a, a pleasant maltiness up front. Had a toasty and lightly chocolatey impression. Only a very very low hop aroma. I could get at like a faint earthiness, a little spiciness, but not not very much at all. Very, um, there's a very slight, I found a very slight roasty note in the nose too, and that seemed a bit out of place, but it's not heavy, it's just like a weird little roastiness in there. Um, the alcohol seemed pretty smooth in the aroma, it was, uh, just only kind of low, medium low. Uh, I didn't get any, any DMS or acetal. It's very raisiny and plum-like, 
fruitiness and seems seems clean, um, smoothly lagered. There's no obvious uh, fermentation derived esters going on. So, you know, pretty nice aroma. Um, aside from a couple of slightly odd notes, but yeah, appearance wise, it, it's it's kind of a dark. That's kind of like a light brown color to me. It's uh, in the other glass I had, it was a little, almost like looking a little coppery, dark coppery, but mm-hmm. um, it has some some nice reddish highlights. Um, and it had a uh, the sample I, I judged it last night at home in the glass where I had at home it had a low light tan head that persisted pretty well actually. Um, but this sample here is is as Keith stated like pretty flat. Uh, flat headwise it just didn't really form so i don't know um you must have amazing glasses at home yeah <laughs> very clean glassware <clears throat> uh mostly finer bubbles and um yeah it was it's quite clear so you know appearance wise i thought it was okay uh tonight it's there's no head but anyway that's only a point uh flavor wise pleasantly malty but it has like a, a, a Venice kind of a character to it. It's it's kind of wine-like. Um, it has a raisiny, prune-like presentation. And um, as I was getting at that, what, what is it? What is making it taste like wine? I'm getting at that the same uh, light little tang that comes up at the end. Um, it, it finishes kind of sweet and lightly tangy. And it has a you know caramel and kind of low chocolate malts in there along with the sweetness. It's it's kind of, you know it's pleasant to drink. It's interesting. Um, it's a big you know. There's there's some smooth alcohol there too that's keeping it interesting. Um, the bitterness is very low and out of the way. Uh, but again, yeah, I found it slightly tangy and tart and very acidic. Um, I mean, water wise, it seems like the water is fairly clean and neutral, and it's it's balanced to the malt as it should be. But something about the way that the acidity is playing with the malts. Is making is staring it wrong here a little bit, hmm. not horribly wrong, just a, like a balance is, issue mostly. Um, mouthfeel wise, medium bodied with a low a low alcohol warming only. Yeah, again, that could be bigger. Low carbonation. Uh, you don't want it to be a massive carbonation when you get to this kind of strength, but a little more would be welcome. Um, not getting any astringency. It's not biting or harsh at all. It's it, it's actually kind of smooth and and creamy a little bit. But, um, yeah, uh, overall, it's a tasty beer. It misses the mark on the style a bit, especially with that wine-like fruitiness and tartness in there. Um, you know, you should have some raisiny quality in, in there, and you should have some, some Maillard uh, byproducts. With this, this seems to be lacking a little bit of, but um, the products that, are, that come up when you, as you traditionally kind of, um, as the, the malt elements get darkened, there's chemical reactions that take, take place that... That you know they used to, they used to call it melanoidins in the guidelines, which was easier to say. Now you have to say Maillard <laughs> byproducts, but um, you know, it seems like you a pretty duck instead. Yeah, duck <laughs> mallard oh, has mallard. that duck flavor. Seems like a good recipe and well brewed, just a bit off style. Um, be a little more pleasant if you just reduce that overall acidity. I don't know if you're acidifying sparge water or acidifying some of your water or if your water is naturally kind of more neutral and acidic or if there's a lot of acidic malts in there but uh, yeah be sure to kind of balance that out to get to the right pH in the end Um, and uh, if you're not already do a decoction mash get those get that mirror profile in there watch out (laughs) mallard profile um, watch out using too much the chocolatey malt too, or overly fruity malts, or you know, the, um, like some dark Munich or something. Maybe if over the top could could push it into that sweet fruity malt kind of character. But you know, it's an interesting beer. I gave it a thirty. I thought it was it was very good. Just a little balance wise, not quite there to the style for what I expect from the a prototypical double box. So, um, yeah. um, be interesting to listen to what your recipe is about, though. Yeah, do you have that, Eric? Would you mind running through that for us? Uh, yeah, I do. But uh, actually, a couple things first. Okay, yeah. please. So I, um, I, I guess before you had contacted me, JP, I uh, yep. entered several beers at uh, local competition, Hoppy Halloween, and and uh, I knew I had kind of missed the mark, uh, especially on on the strength. I was hoping and, you wouldn't tell us it got all forty fives, you bastards. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. But so I, I entered it as uh, as a doppelbach to get kind of feedback to you know lean it that way, and then I also entered it as a as a Czech dark lager. 
Hmm. Um, oh, and it, it, uh, it actually ended up winning a gold uh, as a Czech dark lager. <laughs> wow. Congra- well, congratulations. Uh, That's cool, man. Yeah, thanks. So, And then, yeah, the other thing, so the sourness uh, is, is totally, that's at least, I think, on me. Uh, I, I do a bunch of sours, and I hadn't planned ahead quite as well as I should have on, on bottling day for this, and I had to grab a couple bottles that, well, more than a couple, I guess, <laughs> bottles that didn't get uh, as vigorous a cleaning as they should have. And, and so I um, actually, um, for the show, I got out a beer, um, and I, I knew I had had a few that were soured, uh, and actually the one I popped out for the show was totally sour, totally killed the head. Uh, and so I went and got my last bottle, and that one was not at all. So I, I definitely got some uh, bottle variation going oh, on. man. This samples tonight seems a little less of the tangy than I got on the one I judged at home the night before. But yeah, and, and the one I had last night was had no head as well. And you said the one that's so why I was making a joke about it. But yeah. you said that you had head last night. And I had no. It was you had head last <laughs> night? I don't know. I don't think about your life. Poor I, don't fine. Know. I was thinking about that. But Poor I, I had no head last night. Yeah, mine. I I could have. I should have taken a picture of it. <laughs> yes. No. Keep your home life. <laughs> Well, so I mean, I guess that's uh, uh, that'll that'll uh, that's a good lesson to learn, right? <laughs> to uh, uh, just take the time, take the time, and clean the bottles. But it, yeah. does, it doesn't taste terrible, you know. I've no, had some like terribly contaminated yeah. beers, but it is very interesting how that, all that plays out. Uh, what's what's the recipe? Eric? Let, hit us with that. Uh, so started with ten pounds of Munich, uh, four pounds of two row, just to kind of help it with some. Uh, Enzymes, uh, two pounds of Kara sixty. Uh, I, I was going to do a decoction mash, uh, but again, I, I have a one and a half year old. So sometimes, like with the bottling day, my my days change up a little yeah. bit. So instead of decoction, I did two pounds of melanoidin, uh, and then I have some six ounces of then... chocolate. I'm sorry, what was that last part? Uh, six ounces of chocolate. Okay. And, and Eric, what kind of Munich was it? Was it Weyermann uh, Munich One, Munich Two, or a different a different type of Munich? Uh, so okay, uh, a buddy of mine quit home brewing to start a craft beer bar, and I got a bunch of his old uh, malts. So it was honestly it was one pound bags of a whole bunch of different kinds of Munich. Okay. Do you know how old that stuff was by any chance? Uh I think pretty old, and I, I I did get feedback. I know you guys were saying some of the cardboardy stuff, and I yeah. got some of that feedback too from um, the other contest I entered it in. And I think it was probably from having older malt. Well, you know, honestly, I think it's a cool trial, a cool experiment. I mean, there's nothing wrong with just brewing a batch of whatever you have laying around. Um, but I, you know, I, I think the only way to really know those flavors, if you are using old malt just in general, is to use intentionally old malt, and you just really get that flavor going. Uh, and then you might be able to pick it out. So next time you're you're at the homebrew shop or tasting someone else's beer, you can kind of key in on those on those flavors now. Yeah, definitely. Cool. Uh, did we hit the hops at all? Uh, no, I. Okay. So yeah, it was super low. Um, one ounce of Hallerto at 60, and another ounce at 10 minutes. Hmm. Uh, yeah, okay. I, could, I could see why it would do better as a Czech dark lager, though, because, I mean, yeah, some of those beers have, you know, a little bit of this kind of sweetness like that with a little, um, you know, not a heavy fruitiness like you would have in a full-on, uh, you know, double buck. But, and it's, I don't know, but, yeah, with the, the sour, the, the vinous quality is kind of, Odd, but I can see where yeah. like this sample tonight tastes more like a a Czech dark lager than a than a double bock to me too. Yeah, I definitely picked up on it being a little bit small. Um, so that's that's interesting. Yeah, um, but it did it did have some neat, neat malt character, and I guess maybe that yeah. is the melanoidin as well. You know, and all the Munich that you added to it. Um, so you know, what, what kind of yeast did you use? And did we talk about that and fermentation temperatures as well? Uh, nope. So I, I used uh, I used two. Well, I grew up two starters from two smack packs of uh, Y yeast twenty two oh six, the Bavarian Lager. Uh, I started it fermenting at what do I have here forty forty six, and then brought it up to like forty nine. 
All right, no, I brought it to 50 for three days. And then I can't read the rest of my notes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, just that, assume that you ramped it up yeah. to 100 degrees for the yeah. three weeks and then... Uh, Why does it say milk water on here? I don't understand. Yeah. Did you say when he brewed it? Like, how old is was the Stoppel Bond? That's what uh, about. Brew date was June 2nd. Okay. Well, that's some age to it. Interesting beer, man, for sure. I mean, and, and so if if you had told us all this in the beginning, and then you know we were at like NHC, and you go, "Here's this beer that's twelve months, six months old, with old malt, and it's contaminated. Do you want to try some?" I would run the other way. But it, right. it, but it it tastes it doesn't taste like a lot of these things have have, have happened. It, it it's still a very drinkable beer, very enjoyable beer. So I think you got lucky on this one. Man. Oh yeah, I mean I, you know I. I have enough sense to, I guess, not not put out a beer that I know is terrible. But uh, yeah. you know, it, it was initially, like you said, just kind of an experiment. You know, it was my first lager, so yeah. I didn't necessarily give a shit if it was <laughs> old malt and all right. that stuff. Uh, I think I but, think it, uh, I think that came out fine, right? I mean, I think it's as for loggers go for someone's first lager. What do you guys think? I mean, it's pretty good. Yeah. I, yeah. I think definitely if, it, if the the other uh, bottles were not sour like these bottles, I think it's 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 really good. And especially, you know, it, it wasn't, you know, what you brew isn't, you know, what you intend to brew isn't what you actually brew sometimes, you know. So right. Maybe it was right. a Trek, Trek Dark or maybe it was a regular Bach, whatever, you know. And I think that, that's, a you know, it's always really a smart move to sort of adjust what, when you taste it and, you know, look at the guidelines. Read the guidelines. Does it taste like this? Is it big enough like this? Does it have enough body? Does it, you know, et cetera, et cetera, mm-hmm. and then figure it out. And it sounds like you're you're good at doing that, which is is important when you when you if you want to enter competitions, if you want to win more than just get feedback. I think that's a, a great thing to great thing to do. Yeah. Uh, do you have any questions for the guys, Eric? Um, okay, so you mentioned the decoction mash. I'm just kind of wondering some other ways to get this closer to a Doppelbach. Obviously, make it a little bigger. Would you say more Munich or more two-row? Or... Well, it really depends on what you want. I mean, Doppelbach now in the new guidelines allow you to make a pale Doppelbach, yeah. which is kind of crazy. But, you know, if you're going to do a, uh, a, a dark Doppelbach, then you want to use a lot of Munich. And you're probably going to want to use some Munich, too. Um, I think a good portion of that, a good portion of Munich one. Um, I don't know. I mean, you can look. We were talking earlier about this. Uh, anyway, it was just in studio, or maybe it was on the show. But like you know, brewlosophy saying, "Oh, decoctions don't matter," but they do actually have an impact on your pH. So you got to think about that as well. And I thought that may may have been an issue, but it sounds like there's there's other things going on with the sourness. But mm-hmm. um, but I mean, I love doing decoctions. There's certain things about them that are really great. You get more efficiency. Um, with your malt when you do them. Um, you, and you probably do pick up some flavor. I think melanoin does taste a little fake sometimes. Um, but, yeah, I, I would look at looking at using Munich 2, um, a good portion of Munich 2, uh, maybe a good portion of Munich 1, and then some, some good pills malt and do a, yeah. a, good, a, good, a good boil with that is what I'd recommend. I think other than that, making a big enough beer is, is the one thing. Like the beer felt like a little, a little thin. So making the full size of the beer, and I think you got you have lagering down. I thought that was wasn't picking up a lot of ester. Yeah. So yeah, that part of it seemed right. What kind of what was the yeast again? I'm sorry, did I I'm, I'm, the Bavarian uh, lager? He said. Oh yeah, yeah, twenty two oh six, which translate uh, White Labs to anyone? No, not at all. Not even a little so bit. Someone should know this. Uh, I love I love A thirty three. I think White Labs A thirty three is like the you know the Iinger strain is my favorite Bach yeast strain. Mm. Uh, I think it actually is called. I mean, but it is the Bach yeast strain. But yeah. I think that's great. But twenty two six can work as well. Um, so that's okay. Bavarian, uh, which is so looking. I think Brian's feverishly yeah, looking it yeah, up, but uh, I should know WP three fifty. No, that's Weizen. Uh, Bavarian lager nine twenty. Old Bavarian lager yeast. Uh, so it's something that doesn't even you can't even get anyway. Yeah. <laughs> no, anyway. I, I think it's a good strain. You should use that. Though. Does that help? I'm not sure that was. Uh, okay. Yeah, no, that helps. I, I agree okay. though that the decoction makes a difference, and uh, yeah, it's a pain in the ass, but do it for those those really big German. Uh, loggers and yeah. any Bach, any yeah, any Bach, you need it. I would not, yeah, would not hesitate also to boil for like two hours for a double Bach. 
get a little a little more caramelization in the kettle is not mm-hmm. a bad thing for a doppel box. So that's something yeah. else to consider doing. Don't just you know don't don't just do sixty minutes. Um, yeah. You know. I like he said, the melanoid and malt is kind of a cheat, but you could you could throw some of that in there too if you don't have time, and just see if it if it helps your beer. I think it's small though. It kind of it kind of sticks out like a yeah. sore thumb sometimes. Like honey, malt. I wouldn't go you too heavy with it. it. Yeah. yeah, honey you had, malt. You had two malts there. last time. Two two pounds last time. I think that wow. sometimes it seems like a maybe that's what you said, but I think that's kind of a it's kind of rough sometimes. When you put a lot like that in there, it does kind of stick out a little bit. Yep. That covered, Eric. You got anything else you want to hear? Yeah, no. Uh, you know, I guess now that uh, I guess the main thing I was concerned about being my first lager was whether or not that went properly. So, you know, I guess now that uh, at least I have that aspect of it, I can, you know, take a little more time on my, uh, you know, ingredients and stuff like that. So, uh, yeah. and, and the process, you know, yeah. take set the time aside to do the decoction and whatnot. Yeah. Or, yeah. yeah, or twist the recipe towards even more check dark lager, you know. Do it. Yeah, you do <laughs> that might be your diacetyl either, which yeah. is great. Yeah, that might be your uh, wheelhouse, man. It's really good lager. Yeah, cool. Thanks, yeah. guys. All right, Eric. Thanks, dude. I appreciate it. Have fun. Happy brewing. Yeah. All right, man. Cheers. Cheers. That's cool. Here's a double buck, but it's a check dark lager. Gold medal. <laughs> Love Boom. it. Yeah. I think that shit's well, we hilarious. We gave it to you in a sour bottle. So, <laughs> so good. Yeah. It's so good, man. I love it. I love it. Okay. So we have some things to give away, but before we do that, let's talk about water real fast. More specifically, the iDip, the Smart Brew Water Testing Kit. Revolutionary photometer system. You guys know that by now. It's uh, perfect for home or commercial use. You don't need to just use it in your home brewery. If you are a commercial brewer, uh, listen to this show. Why wouldn't you? Uh, you can definitely use an iDip, that's for sure. It's the only meter on the market that runs water tests with no math. Uh, nobody nobody likes math. Ryan, you're a smart guy. You don't like math. I, I, don't. Definitely, I definitely don't like math. Yeah. I'm a biologist. We don't do math. No, you shouldn't, you shouldn't do math. You, 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 nerds even have nerds to do math. I, I have, I have really a master's good. in English, and I love math. Uh, math is one of my, my favorite. I, I, I actually almost had a mind. Hold on. I can't, I can't hear Keith anymore. <laughs> I, everybody I hates math. <laughs> and, and that's what does my yeah. math. Uh, the idea pairs with Bluetooth and updates your water results to your own personal water profile. Uh, and then you can email that. You can post it on Facebook. You can get your own homebrew club and give all the water uh, information to them uh, have 40 different water quality test kits. Four come preloaded already on the machine. Uh, you can test for total alkalinity, chloride, calcium hardness, pH, sulfates, and more. Uh, with only four mils of water for each test. Uh, and so you can go to smartbrewkit.com and save 10 bucks on either kit by using code TBN10. That's TBN10. Hit it up, smartbrewkit.com. If you ever wondered about your water, man, now's the time. Now's the time to do it and do it right. All right. I have crunching paper. Yeah. So good. If you need some math done, just, you know, say, hey, Siri. <laughs> well, now I, now I do need math done uh, because we have a $40 gift certificate to Grog Tag to give away. Um, and who does that go to, Brian? You're the keeper Grog of the tag. math. The keeper of the, of the, goes, of the knowledge. Goes to Eric. He gets to Grog Tag. Eric, gonna, all right, man. He's going to make job, that dude. 40 bucks. dark double vodka a winning looking beer. Yeah. Um, and it is a winning beer. And Ryan doesn't get shit. Nope. I'm a loser. So he gets to hang out with us. You're one of our options. We're uh, no, good beer, too. We just got that uh, uh, indeed uh, the rum barrel aged uh, stout there. Yeah, it's oh, pretty good. Hey, we're man. opening all these beers, yes. It's, it's not bad. This stout's pretty, pretty nice. Yeah. All right, we are. Uh, oh, shit, are we ready to go? No. See, normally we'd be uh, giving away the beer bug. We gave away the beer bug on the last show. Mm-hmm. Um, but for those of you guys who want to know all about the beer bug, go to beerbug.com. Uh, it's a really cool device, man. It lets you know exactly what your start your 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 gravity is on your fermenting beer. It's uh, it's pretty cool. Beerbug.com. Check them out. It's all wireless. It has its own little app. You can check it anywhere. Know when your beer starts fermenting. Know when it's high krausen. Know when it's dying down. Know when it's done. You don't have to pull hydrometer readings or any of that kind of stuff. Check it out. Beer wake, wake up in the middle of the night and you see that your mead has hit 10, 12, and you want to bottle it. You know, you're, 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 ready you're to bottling go. mead at 3 a.m. Yeah, I still want to, to, to borrow the, the beer bug to do the uh, the mead I'm going to do. So, yeah. Metafoam and carrot, carrot honey and okay. all that sort of fun stuff. Hell yeah. yeah. All right, everyone. It's been Dr. Homebrew. This is our first show of 2017. That's weird that it feels oddly enough like 2016 did. Hmm. 
We're in the future. <laughs> yes. The, we're, we're in the, we're in the past future. recording an episode for the future by talking about the, by living in the past. I don't know what the Do fuck turkey legs still exist? We're all fucked up over here. I'm just commenting on JP. Is it 2017 it. in Vermont yet? Because that's what all that matters. It might be. I don't know. The future is hazy. It's still cloudy. Yes. True. Oh, yes. It's across the international haze line. Yeah. <laughs> all right, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. It's been Dr. Homebrew. Um, bye. Bye.